Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast. I'm back with the boys, Jugsy and Chadzy. With the lockdown lowdown to talk about the defeat to Liverpool on Saturday. A few days, a few days later, we've had some time to think about it and reflect. So uh, get the thought of the guys, talk about the various action points and talk about Trezeguet's injury and talk about where we go from here as well. Um, as always, we'll start with Chadzi. Chadzi, just give me your just your general thoughts on the game overall. Uh, sort of how you how you thought it went. What, what's your mood like now after the result, uh, and also what, you know where do we go from here? Yeah, I think um, disappointing, isn't it, to lose at the very end? Uh, and I do think it was a bit of a missed opportunity. Obviously, having gone one up, especially, but even though we weren't brilliant in the first half, I felt that we were pretty comfortable um you know we never really looked worried we never really looked under too much pressure okay Liverpool had a lot of ball and they had a lot of ball in our defensive third but it was not the old days of watching Villa Anfield or or somewhere like that where you were worried every time they came forward that there was going to be a goal I was I was quite confident that we weren't going to concede obviously apart from that slight error um from Tyrone um I, I was I thought I, I felt like you know, we weren't brilliant on the ball, but the game plan worked well. And then it was it was sort of the perfect execution of the game plan to get that goal on the break just before half time. Um, but you know, we didn't really step it up in the second half. We didn't take our chances on the break when they came. Um, and then we probably sat a bit too deep in those last five to ten minutes. And then, contrary to what I've just said, it did feel like the old days. It did feel like a goal was coming, but. Some excellent individual performances, especially from Cash and again from Target, who I thought was just brilliant again. And I don't think we've seen him have a bad game all season. I thought Watkins was playing on a different level from everyone else in from an attacking perspective, which is credit to him, but also says a lot for the performances of Trez Traore and, and the supporting midfielders. I thought I liked the selection of the Camber. I thought it worked well. Louise had his best game in a while, breaking at play, starting attacks from deep. But... You know, it's the support and attacking play of Traore, Trezeguet, Barkley when he came on that just wasn't up to scratch. And that was a game that was there for the taking, to be honest. So um, I'm a bit deflated by it, to be honest, just because I think that's our season over now. I think the next seven or eight weeks, we're going to learn what it's like to be a Crystal Palace fan. You know, just completely unimportant games. It doesn't really matter what happens from here on in from a league perspective I know people will say yeah of course it does because we want Jack to stay we want to finish high as possible we want to build on next season so every game is important I get that but we're not going to qualify for Europe and we're not going down so it's just a matter now of whether we finish between 9th and 13th and, and go into the summer with a bit of momentum or go into the summer with loads of problems to solve. Thanks Chad yeah not interesting points there and um, I mean you know, you talk about the midfield there, you talk about the supporting players and, and our attacking third. It's been an issue, obviously, for well, most part of the season now, apart from the beginning where we had a good good start to the season where we've there's an obvious lack of quality in those wide areas, especially. And, and obviously, Barclays' dropping form has been pretty staggering. Um, Jugsy, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on where you think it went wrong for us on the on the day. Because, you know, as Chazzy said, Liverpool were there for the taking. Uh, and, and we just weren't at the races, especially first half, first thirty minutes. We were quite sloppy. But what, what would you put it down to in terms of the in terms of the overall performance and the overall result? Yeah, I think Smith's game plan uh, was quite clear, where he wanted to keep us solid and maybe try and nick a goal, um, and especially in that first half, and it worked a treat really. And I thought 
we went too adventurous and Liverpool were at full strength um, apart from probably Mane. So they did take the game quite serious and, and did go in for the win. And I don't think Liverpool played that great, to be honest, um, despite them having a lot of, a lot of possession. And um, that second half, I think that was an opportunity for us to maybe be quite positive and utilise the result that we had against Fulham with the change of formation to have a positive impact on the game and Smith didn't do it. And it says a lot about Keenan Davis yet again. I just feel like he's the person that's been probably let down, I think, a lot because he hasn't had the same opportunities as the likes of Algarzi, Traore, Trezeguet. And I know he likes his 4-3-3 formation, but sometimes you've got to utilise Watkins in the wide area. And I can understand why Watkins starts most games because he, he's our focal point and if a chance is going to drop, you want it to drop to Watkins. And Watkins' performances have been consistent throughout the season, so I can understand that. But when you are in a game and you're chasing a game or you're a goal behind, then it doesn't make... It makes sense to me to put Keenan on because Watkins will benefit from Keenan Davis being on the pitch. Watkins gives us another goal goal threat from a wide area, which we don't have when we've got the wingers on, who have been pretty inconsistent this season. And Davis gives us a plan B where we can go direct. He holds the ball up. He can link with the midfielders. So I was disappointed with how we managed that game. And that second half, I thought Liverpool were there for the taking. And we got into some good positions in the last sort of 20 minutes in that final third. And it was just the end product. And it was yet again... Um, that sort of attacking three behind Watkins, whether it was McGinn, Barkley or, yeah, Torore was awful on the day and El Ghazi yet again had little impact. And um, obviously, um, we'll, we'll probably talk about Trezeguet's injury, but he was probably the best out of the bunch, really. He was hardworking, always willing. And with Trezeguet, you know what you get. You get a lot of effort, but there's not, again, too much quality there. So, it's a massive area that we need improvement on in the summer. And I think it's evident to see. I mean, um, with, with Jack, you can get away with it because he's such a good player and he does everything we need from that sort of attacking or creative uh, perspective. But without him, there is no one there that's that's Premier League level or top top half level for me, I don't think. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we'll come on to Toro as well because I, you know, I know you've been critical of him, Jugsy, and and warranted as well I think some of that criticism and again he had a poor performance but we'll, we'll come on to that in a second Chadzi I just want to hear your thoughts on something that Jugsy raised there around Deed Smith's um, choice of personnel obviously last game JJ Jacob Ramsey sorry um, and and Keenan Davis made a massive impact on the game as, as well as Trezeguet who obviously started the game against Liverpool were you surprised that they weren't they didn't come on in that second half against Liverpool when, and Barkley was the one that, that, that came on and our hopes sort of were put on him to to make a difference and get us to get us in a position of winning a game or getting back to being in the lead. Be surprised. And do you think? Do you think? Do you think ultimately, Dean, I got it wrong? Um, it's hard to say, really. I mean, I think I would have definitely liked to have seen Keenan if if his performance last week against Fulham didn't deserve um, a bit more game time this week. Then I don't know what does. So. Yeah, maybe Trezeguet's injury didn't help. Maybe he might have come on if, if Trez didn't get injured. But um, yeah, I think in that second half when we were struggling to keep the ball and get out, I would have liked to have seen Keenan Davis become a bit of a focal point, give us that that um, man that can hold it up and give us something to, to build on going forward. Um, 
I, as much as I love Davis and I'm a big supporter of his, um, I just don't think there's a future for him at Villa. Um, and that's obviously Smith and the coach and stuff have probably got a d- different opinion to to me in terms of where they see him. Because if they did trust him, he would have played a lot more over the last couple of months, especially. So I think maybe Smith is just looking at his options for next season and, and um, trying to solve problems with the players he thinks he's going to have at his disposal. But that, that that doesn't mean to say it's the right decision to throw Barkley on because I also don't think he's going to be at next season and his performances. You know, I know there's a bit of a viral clip going around around his lack of effort and trotting back and just not looking interested. And that's the most disappointing part of it for me. You, you see how much Keenan wants it when he came on last week, harassing defenders, his work rate. He, he wants to prove a point. He wants to make a go of it in a Villa shirt. And that's a complete contrast to Ross Barkley, who's on loan. And I don't think we'll be in next season either. So if you're going to play somebody, let's at least reward the people that are putting in the graft and, and um, showing that they want to be there. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I actually can agree completely. And, you know, Barkley, I thought, got some some fair criticism, some unfair criticism over the last eight weeks. Uh, but that clip that went round and, you know, sometimes it get taken out of context. I, I get that. But I watched it back and I watched what happened before, what happened afterwards and, and sort of just general, his general plate uh, during that second half. And, you know, it, it was definitely looked out of sorts. And, and we've talked about this on our WhatsApp group and whether it's a mental thing, a physical thing or this COVID or whatever, it looks like a completely different player to what he did when he first came and, and that game against Liverpool. Yeah, and I know that a lot of people get quite angry by that. And I've seen a lot of people saying it's a disgrace and they should never put on the shirt again. And yeah, to an extent, I, I do agree with that. But actually, I just find it quite sad. You know, I just, I'm quite sad for him because there's obviously something not quite some, not quite right, something going wrong for him. You don't know what these people are dealing with. They've got personal lives exactly the same as us. There's obviously an issue there that, you know, he's got one of the best jobs in the world, an opportunity to get a contract to a club, you know, a big club and prove himself and prove to the footballing world that he's still a player. And he just, something's not right mentally there. And it's actually just, I just find it sad to be honest. It doesn't anger me as much as it probably would have used to have done. I, I, um, I'd i quite like to see him turn it around, whether it's for us or for someone else in the future, because uh, he, he's got the talent. It's just a bit of an odd situation, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't, On the, looking from outward in, you know, it doesn't, Look like there's an attitude problem or anything like that to me, um, but yeah, maybe there's more to it. We just don't know. As you say, they've all got personal lives. You know, just because you're the best job in the world doesn't mean it uh, stops you from having issues around mental health, things like that. And obviously, we're just guessing and hypothesizing, but who who knows what it is? But it, it definitely looks completely out of sorts, and and it, and it made an it made a massive negative impact on our game. I thought on Sunday, on Saturday, sorry. You know, I thought. Uh, I, I was actually quite happy for Barkley to come on because I thought, you know, it's a positive change. He's he's sort of Smith is putting his faith in Barkley and saying, "Go on, do the job." You know, you're you're supposed to be our talisman when Jack's not here. This is your chance to prove it, and and he just didn't take that chance. Um, and you know, you can look back at it and say, "Well, Keeney should have come on or whatever." But I understand why Barkley was given. But at the same time, you know, I do feel for, for Keenan. Let's let's look at the rest of the rest of the game. The jugs, um, <clears throat> obviously, Trezeguet you mentioned had uh, you know it's probably the best out of a bad bunch going forward. Um, had that chance and hit was really unlucky to hit the post, and it looked like it was still going in and off the post, and it just didn't bounce for him, and he nearly scored from that rebounded header. Um, but Traore, the other winger, really had another off game 
in, in his series of off games for him. And, you know, he's still, in terms of his stats, he's a bit like Algarzi last season. He's still, he's, for his first season in the Premier League, he's chipped in with goals and assists, um, which, which have been important for us. But really, in terms of general performance levels, are you, where, where do you think he's at? Are you, are you, do you think there's more to come or do you think he's just always going to be that type of player? I think he's always going to be that type of player. I think for me, I watched him for this first two games and he started off brightly, but you could just tell that there was a lack of consistency with him where he'll do one brilliant piece of play and do two or three bad things. And with him, he's not suited to the league, I'd say, or not suited to our team um, because we do lack that sort of directness and that, and that pace. And Torre just cuts back. He's a bit predictable. And it's weird it's just his playing style and I know that's the way he plays and it is quite kind of casual but it just comes across where something he does where he makes a mistake it just gets highlighted because of his casual nature and from Torre when you've spent that sort of money on him you want him to be the the sort of the main winger when Jack's not around or when Jack's playing central you want Torre to be that that sort of main threat and he's he doesn't have the a the the ability for me and b I think his sort of mentality, um, I think he hides, I think, in occasions in games where he's a big, strong lad, but he gets beaten with on every 50-50 with the fullback and the fullback can be sort of half his size. So I just want him to be a presence. I mean, use his body, be an outball for us. Um, and yeah, I think from a creative perspective, his set pieces are not great. His deliveries into the box and it's not probably that good, really. I mean... It's, it's a bit odd because we've spent a lot of money on him and he's backed it up with the stats, but them stats, also them goals and assists have come when obviously Jack's been in the team and we were flying. But since Jack's not been around, we haven't been half the team and Troy's, yeah, been been probably the worst out, out of the bunch, out, out of the wingers really. Um, obviously he deserves a second season and we all know we can't write somebody off after one season after after what we witnessed last year but uh, there's question marks for me I mean I wasn't a big fan when I, I saw him play I didn't see him too much at Leon, but when I saw him I just didn't think he was suited to the league and the, when, when we watch football outside the Premier League you know there's better players out there for sure and um, it's, it's another one where I'm sort of questioning the scouting with the likes of Troy and Trezeguet I'm not sure how we are spending that amount of money on these types of players when we know what we require in this league and these players are not really suited to it, I don't think. The thing is, I, I do agree with some of your points, but you know, you, you talk about him sometimes as if we spent 40 million on him. 16 million is nothing. You know, it's absolutely nothing. Um, that's that's going to get you a squad player, 16 million, 16, 17 million. If we'd spent 30 million, 40 million on him, I think we could expect... 15 goals, 15 assists and consistent performances. But it's relatively cheap fee for an attacking winger, I'd say. And I, I'd take your point that we have there is better out there and we probably could have spent the money better ways. You look at people like Jared Bowen and people like that. And I'm not I'm not trying to say signing of the season, but I think for what we spent, we've had very reasonable returns in year one. Yeah, no, I, I, agree, I agree with that, actually, to, to an extent. I think, um, you know, I think we have to be careful about Money, value, and and looking at it in the context of what's happening in the Premier League, um, and especially Trezeguet will cost eight, nine, ten million, maybe, which is nothing, which is about three million these days compared to what it was ten years ago. Um, so, I do get that. I do, but at the same time, I think 
there's some valid points there around Chora's general game. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, oh, but, I th- yeah. I, but I think I think also importantly, I think this is the type of player that Villa are trying to go for, a player that they ha- has raw attributes that they can improve. Because that's what that's what we've got in Smith and the coaching team is, is a team that can improve players. So they can work on Chora and, and say, look, this is how you use your body. This is how you can be a bit more physical. This is what you need to do. The key for me, though, the key attribute that's missing with all our wingers is, is raw pace. Apart from maybe Algarzi, who, again, is, is hot and cold, is that raw ability to beat a player through pace. Um, and, and, and I think that is so much ne- that's so needed in, in the Premier League. And it's something we're still, we're still lacking. We're talking about it a year later after talking about all our season about the lack of pace in our team. And, and yes, we've, we've improved slightly on that front, but there's still more that we need in terms of pace. And, and I think that as a winger is, is almost like a prerequisite in the Premier League. Yeah, And I, th- I think that um, obviously nobody will, know, no, nobody will know that better than Smith and the coaching team. And last season, it was they identified what we needed to kick on. That, you know, nobody would have said we needed a right back, but they went out and got cash. We've said a million times we didn't think goalkeeper was a priority. They've gone out and got Martinez. He's improved us massively. They've improved the striker area with Watkins. Okay, maybe we could have got one more. So I think last summer they did the business that they needed to do to identify our weaknesses, kick on. We've massively improved and the business we did last summer has taken us to another level. And I think, again, they'll now know what needs to be done this summer. Some pacing wingers, maybe a bit more... Um, stealing midfield that box box midfield play I'm sure we can debate that at another time but I think like I said Smith and the coaching team will know that better than anyone and this summer is going to be exciting because they're no mugs that they'll they'll address the um the areas that we need to improve and I'm confident they'll go out and do the business yeah no I think I think so I think um there's, there's you have faith in the structure that we've got and it's still remember it's still in its infancy that structure as well because yeah. a lot of the people behind the scenes have only just come in really mm-hmm. so i and yeah just 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 to follow up sorry um i'm not one of these people that are like smith out and obviously there's question marks and that's been evident with our performances over the last few months but i'm sick of being told to be content just because we was we were lucky to stay up last season that we should be content about where we are 10th or 11th because when you're a club like Aston Villa and you've spent two or three times more than the likes of Brighton or Crystal Palace, our development should be better than them, which it is, obviously. But we're still, in our performances, are being inconsistent and we're on decline. And we have no way of playing to the same level without Jack Grealish. So there's several question marks and... I know there's there's some positive steps we've made and we've got a good foundation to build on defensively and things like that. But I think we still need to look at both sides of the argument here where, yeah, I mean, Smith for me, there's question marks on his, on, on his ability to be adaptable, him to influence the team in terms of tactical and, and team formation changes. And this summer is going to be huge for us in terms of recruitment again, but are we going to then spend another 80, 90 million and sort of be at that mid-table position just content, just content with staying where we are? Or do we need more from Smith? Do, do you, I'm not sure what you guys think. Like, are you are you content with what's going on in the last few months? Well, uh, yeah. I don't agree with the point around spending because 
you compared us to Palace, Brighton, teams that are already established. We we're ten years behind them in terms of our development. We we had to start again from that championship team, championship team that got promoted. So comparing what we've spent to teams that are already established in the Premier League, it's not really apples with apples because we got rid of twelve to fifteen players on freeze or end of their contracts, and we literally had to build a squad from scratch. So just by the nature of that, we're going to have to spend more money than others around us. And even those teams that you mentioned, we've gone and kicked on way past them, going to finish higher than them. So, again, other than Leeds, who are still quite confident we might finish above, there's no one in the no one in the league that you can justifiably suggest we should be finishing higher than. So, despite the decline, despite all the negativity, despite all the doubts around Smith, like the, there's nobody you can say that we should be doing better than based on how established their squads have been, money spent, recruit, you know. Level of level inve- level of investment. So yeah, there of course there's question marks around Smith. Of course, there's been a decline, but every single club there's question marks around their managers. There is there's no perfect world out there. So I just think if there's ever a coaching team that deserves our trust, deserves our time, deserves our patience, and that doesn't mean they're devoid of criticism. I think it's I think it's this coaching team because. Where do you go after that? Football just becomes tiresome, just tr- chasing the perfect dream that never exists. And you end up with a foreign coach that doesn't probably affiliate with the club as much as someone like Smith. And you ha- you have another bunch of problems because you don't agree with everything they do and you don't agree with all their signings. And we, we probably don't kick on to where we want to be. That's, that's sort of my stance on it. It doesn't mean I think it's a perfect world. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, no, it's, it's, it's valid points, and I think my my sorry, my point I was trying to make was how much money do we invest to try and progress? Are we ever going to sort of break that top six? Uh, it's going to be very difficult, even if we spend another hundred million. It's, it's, we are, I understand with with what you're saying with these established Premier League sides, the likes of Everton, West Ham, Leicester. I mean, their their squads are worth you know x hundreds of millions, and they've, they've had a few years to develop that. I'm just thinking. What we do, um, is it going to be such a gradual sort of progress where it's going to take a four or five year plan really to get to where we want to be in terms of that top six level? Or is it worth trying to invest heavy in the summer and try and again go for top six? So, yeah, that's what I think the point was I was trying to make really. I think, I think as a, it, it's a difficult one this season. I think it's an opportunity missed definitely um, because this was the season if you wanted to break into that top eight, top six was the season to do it. But then, you know, you couldn't couldn't be helped that Jack got injured. And without Jack, you know, he is, he's worth probably the same as pretty much the rest of our team combined uh, in terms of value. And that's how important he is. So it's always going to be difficult when you lose a player like that. I think for me, there's short term and there's long term. I think there are issues and there are reservations I have over Smith and the team. And I've had that since the beginning. Uh, whether they can take us onto the next level or not. I think there's been instances throughout the last two seasons where I've gone, you know, that's just wrong. They've got it wrong. Uh, why have they done that? That's naive or that's the wrong tactics or whatever, substitutions, whatever it is. At the same time, he's learning. So like a lot of our players are, and they're developing and they're developing their Premier League acumen, if you like, and that will take time. And, and at the end of the day, he's had two proper windows to make a difference and build a whole squad. So I think you need more time. You need at least another summer window because there's obvious issues there that need to be addressed that we're never going to be addressed in two windows. It's going to take a bit of time. And the general direction of travel, if you look at it long-term, is 
one of gradual and, in, and continuous improvement. And that's all you'd want from a football manager. That's all you want from a football team. And as long as that continues, then I'm happy and comfortable. Ultimately, though, I think if the owners and, and the owners are ambitious and they, you can see what, what Wes Edens has done in America and, and they're sort of the blueprint of what they're looking to do. If we're sitting here in, I don't know what, six, eight months time and the same issues exist, we're still losing games that we shouldn't. We're still losing leads. Uh, we're, we're, we're devoid of ideas without Jack and, and we've spent money in the summer. Then I think they'll look at it and I think they'll reconsider. And I think they were always planning for that eventuality anyway, because that's the way that they operate. They're, they're always trying to think ahead and one step ahead. So the important thing is we get that structure right. And and I I want continue, continuity and stability. And the only way you get that is having the same people in there with the same ideas but with those, with those people, importantly, being able to continuously improve and, and improve on their abilities. And I think that's what we've seen so far in these last two or three years. As long as that continues, then I, I, can't, see, I can't see a change ever happening. And I think players, I think people just get frustrated. I think they've seen us do so well early part of the season, that first half, and then it's a complete opposite second half of the season, even with Jack as well. Let's not forget we were poor with Jack as well. So I, I think there's valid arguments there. The important thing is, if that continues or doesn't continue in the new season after a summer window, I think that's when maybe, maybe December time, November time, that's when they'll reconsider and look at it again. But for now, I think calls for Smith or all that kind of stuff, it's just pointless. It's not going to happen. Having reservations though, I think there's nothing wrong with that. So let's, um, let's, let's focus, let's just finish off then. Let's talk about some of the instances in the game that we haven't mentioned and, and where we could have done better. Um, Looking at the the first half, looking at the, looking at the mistakes that we made. Obviously, we've talked about them already, and we were pretty sloppy on the ball. I thought our midfield, uh, McGinn especially, again looked out of sorts for me. Um, I was surprised Sanson made way. Uh, Louise Chazzy mentioned had a decent game. I, I didn't think it was his best game. I'm one of Louise's biggest fans. Um, that first goal bit of uh, lack of runners and lack of tracking runners there as well with Robertson getting getting a shot away. No one from midfield picked him up and he, and he got away. And obviously the rebound fell to Sly, a bit lucky there as well. The second goal, Chads, um, Ramsey there, do you think he could do more to close him down? Or do you think it's just one of those, you know, it's an excellent finish and, you know, it's Arnold just doing what he does best on his Both. day? Both, mate. Yeah, I think he can do more, show a bit more urgency, get out, stop the shot without doubt. Um, but it is a brilliant finish. But, um, probably one of those goals that when they look back and analyse it, very avoidable. Um, and that's a frustrating thing, really. Um, it did feel a bit like um, we were we were happy to come away with a draw and we were just trying to see, see time out. And sometimes, especially against one of the best teams in the country and the champions, despite their form, pretty much everyone in their team is a world-class player apart from their um, centre-backs that they've got in at the minute. And... Um, Eventually, if you give them enough time, enough chances, once one of them's going to punish you. So, yeah, yeah, a bit, bit yeah. disappointing. Yeah, I think so. I think um, it's frustrating, especially like we said, they were there for the taking. Uh, McGinn armor again, uh, that McGinn is just <laughs> McGinn McGinn again. <laughs> just called you by your real name. <laughs> My government name. I'll keep that. In there. Your government name. Uh, 
Jugsy, what do you think uh, of McGinn's performances again? Again, in my opinion, and you may think differently, I just think he's been poor for ages now. And I don't think, he, you know, he's a good he's a good player for our squad, but I, I think we need to be improving on him. Yeah, I think Smith's um, finding it difficult to find his best position. Um, McGinn's a good all-rounder, but I think from a technical perspective, he lacks that quality, uh, whether it be his first touch or he tries that sort of Hollywood ball two or three times in a, in a game and it never just comes off. So he needs to be told just to put that back in his locker, I think. Um, I think he's not suited to that sort of attacking number 10 role. Um, I would have him as an eight or a six, I think. I think he's, he's been better defensively than he has been going forward this season. And it's always going to be the case with McGinn. I mean, he's played above our expectations when we signed him. He's obviously a great engine, a great lad, and he's got a lot about him, a lot of positives to his game. But you can't expect him to be that sort of consistent uh, Premier League midfielder. Um, last last season, obviously, he showed some great glimpse of what he's capable of. But I think he's a player that, again, benefits with the likes of Jack Grealish in the team or when we're playing a bit better. He just seems to have that extra yard in him where he wins a bit more in terms of 50-50s or wins second balls. And that's his, that should be his role in the team. When you're asking him to be that creative spark, I think it's difficult because he doesn't have the same quality as the likes of probably Grealish or Barkley have got. So I think there's a definitely a position for him in the squad, but I don't think it's sort of an advanced role. I'll have him as a six or an eight, like he has been playing and has been effective at some parts of the season. But I think you can still count on him for next season. Um, whether he starts every single game and is that sort of first name on the team sheet, I think that's just under Smith's review going forward. Um, I still like him. I still have him as part of the first 11. But I think Sanson's been brought in to be the like-for-like replacement for McGinn. So whether Sanson then plays next season with somebody else, if Smith gives him a go, it'll be interesting. Because I think Sanson and McGinn are two sort of samey in terms of the the type of midfielder they are. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, at the end of the day, he did get an assist, uh, I suppose, but it wasn't like it was a world-class pass or anything. But, you know, yeah, it does just count for something. But I, I think I think we need to improve on that. Um, but anyway, that's... Um, I think that's all from us from today. I think, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about... Again, I think whenever we lose, we tend to talk about uh, sort of trends and, and the team overall rather than the individual game. Uh, and what it means for the team, but I think I think that's I think it's more interesting to be honest because we know what we're wrong in the game. We know what uh, what we could have done better. I think it's more important of what, where we go from now, and how we improve the team overall, longer term. So uh, yeah. thanks, guys, for your for your time. Trezeguet as well. I thought we'd mention because obviously he looks like he's oh got yeah, the, good yeah, good point yeah. yeah. He looks like he's got a yeah. bad injury, which is unfortunate, and uh, that just gives us one less option, I think, for the rest of the season. So with Jack being out for a few weeks that might force Smith's hand with, with the formation change or utilising Watkins on the left. So it's going to be an interesting few weeks, I think. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? With, uh, with, it's a shame with Trez because he, he, yeah, I was actually looking back to uh, back to the player that he was early part of the season, late part of last season. Um, you know, I think he's always willing and he's always a willing runner. And I, I thought he was okay against Liverpool. You know, he, had, he was unlucky not to score and he worked hard. Yes, the quality is always not always going to be 100% with him, but it's a shame, you know, we hope, obviously wish him the best and hope he gets better, but it looks like it's a pretty serious injury and, and he'll probably be out for 10 to 12 months, which is a big, big shame. But, um, you know, I suppose at least we're safe and um, 
I think as Chadzi said, our, our season's pretty much over now. It's it's pretty much a, trying to finish as high as possible, and mainly try and finish above Leeds if we can, because uh, we don't want to we don't want to have Leeds fans gloating over us, do we? But um, thanks, boys. Thanks for your time. Thanks for everyone for listening. Please do subscribe and follow us on whatever podcast platform you're on, and please do follow us on Twitter at Villa Podcast or on Word. Thanks to boys again for the time. Thanks for listening and up the Villa. Cheers, arms of the villa. Go on, Dana. I love it. Manu bahut changa lagda.